This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Brought down, Khalil Mack. Welcome to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. Back from the dead. Who even knew this would be here? I have to ask you what's more improbable. What's more improbable, that there's a world-stopping pandemic that's changed the the way of life as we know it, that there is a figurative fire lit in the United States that doesn't seem to be stopped anytime soon in terms of social justice, in terms of culture change, in terms of political battles, in terms of this election. Ah, I don't want to talk about that. How about the literal fires that are going on on the West Coast of the United States? P.S., I live in Portland, Oregon. So currently it is 3.42 in the p.m., uh, a couple hours after the Bears just beat the Detroit Lions in Detroit, 27-23. to 23. And I have to tell you, I'm looking out my window right now, and it looks like the apocalypse. And the only thing left to confirm that sort of thing would be, I don't know, three fourth-quarter touchdown passes from two-minute Mitch which is exactly what happened. So uh, first and foremost, just want to say I hope you and yours are safe, uh, as me and mine are at this point in time. Like I said, I'm in Portland. I have never been in an environment like this. There's literally smoke up and down the street. Uh, No fire nearby. I don't want to overstate the case. But uh, if you look at the air quality index numbers online, something I've become very familiar with in the last uh, week or so, the current numbers here where I live are a, I don't know, 400 parts per million. The, what the 400 means isn't as important as the fact that a normal everyday sky would be something in the 40 to 50 range. And a kind of polluted might not want to be outside and that is in the 100, you know, nearing 200 on a terrible day sort of thing. 200 is stay inside. 300 is, oh my God. And 400 where I am is um, hide in the basement. Hide in the basement. So I don't have a basement, but I do have a sports lair, and that is where this is being recorded right now. So enough about me. Let's talk about the Bears winning 
what I can only describe as the least dubby dub in the history of mankind. Two minute Mitch. I have to be very honest with you. Let's just start here. I, there was a point in time, I would say it was right around mm, two drives into the third quarter where I had tapped out on Mitch fully, completely forever. I had tapped out on Nagy, uh, pretty related to his end of half gaff, trying to get the, the Bears offense going, uh, leading to a Lions touchdown. Kind of done with pace given the catastrophic failures of Mitch, uh, therefore the draft record, therefore all the other you know things that have come to pass over time. So I had literally moved on from the entire regime uh, to, to the studs. I, I had gone to the studs. And then you get a garbage time touchdown from Jimmy Graham, and that leaves you to feel pretty good. You know, hey, all right, that's what it would have looked like if we'd gone to that two and a half quarters earlier, which was, you know, would have been nice, would have been nice. But uh, that's good. And then, sure enough, got the ball back, and they're moving down the field, and there is a fantastic throw to Wims on a second read in the corner end zone. And you know what? We're, we're absolutely in this. We're down by three. Just get the ball back. And then you get a turnover from the Bears defense that had sleptwalked through the day. And then you get the, the best throw Mitch has ever made. I think the best throw Mitch has ever made. Let's talk the short list real quick. There was the uh, Taylor Gabriel Redskins throw. Uh, I, I know there's people out there that don't think that was that great of a throw, but I contend differently. I contend he had a rush in his face and evaded it and threw the ball. And uh, look, it, it was it per, a perfect spiral with feet set. No, but he got got it down there. And look, we're 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 grasping here we're grasping it's not like there's a huge well of amazing throws he's made in his career but uh i would put this throw this game-winning touchdown throw to anthony miller above all of them the the velocity the, the the um setting his feet and looking mechanically sound and putting one on a guy's hands running down the field that anthony miller is not getting separation down the field he'll get a separation on comebacks on crossers but down the field he does not have breakaway speed for the most part and uh there was a guy on him and mitch put it on him anyways game-winning touchdown so yeah uh, the apocalypse is fully upon us people if it wasn't apparent to you before i think this would tell you that the only reason i would think maybe not is because matt patricia and the detroit, detroit lions gave away yet another win which is something that makes me feel like hmm that's pretty normal. That could happen. So maybe this isn't a simulation after all. Let's talk good things. You know, uh, I feel like there's enough bad out there in the world, and I I'm ready to sign off from the internet altogether, if you can't tell, given that uh, there really wasn't a podcast in the off season, as promised. I had intended to. I was going to talk pre-draft. Uh, I thought maybe we'd want to discuss what the Bears' needs were in free agency. And then there was a pandemic, and I thought, you know what? Um, now doesn't feel like the right time to do a podcast. Let's just kind of hang back for a second. Who knows if there'll be a draft? Who knows if there'll be a tomorrow? Let's just kind of like lean back. Let's see what's going to come to pass. And so I did. Um, and then, you know, the summer happened. And uh, right about the time I was ready to say, hey, 
this is who we drafted and these are the coaches we brought in. Let's let's discuss them. Let's go through the offensive coaching staff. Let's talk connections. Let's talk Nick Foles. Let's kind of put it all together. Um, America kind of blew up socially. Uh, and I have to be honest with you, this isn't going to be a political podcast, but I was out on the streets with everybody else. Masked up, I'd like you to know. Uh, virtue signaling, virtue signaling. And uh, it didn't feel important to be talking about the Bears or minicamp or the draft or anything else related to anything other than being outside and kind of uh, paying attention to what was going on in the world. Big shifts going on. So we didn't have anything. And then uh, this last week, I said, you know, uh, if you're going to do this damn podcast, if you're going to talk on the Chicago Shuffle, if you're going to shout into a microphone to 37 people week in, week out, you might want to get it done. Maybe a little season preview one. And I literally was sitting down to do one, and Oregon caught on fire. Um, and there was a question of whether or not I needed to uh, evacuate here in Portland. So lots of excuses. They all feel kind of valid. Feels like it should be okay. That uh, wasn't really there talking Bears previews for a little bit. But with the game today, with everything happening the way it is, uh, I thought I would use what remaining oxygen there is in the air to talk this stuff through with you. So. Uh, the good stuff. Let's get back to the good stuff. First of all, uh, I want to give a special shout out to the Bears running game. And I mean, from top to bottom, from Nagy calling the plays to Juan Castillo actually having a plan for how we're going to be able to get it done, given the talent we have on the field, to the running backs playing quite well, Montgomery playing either through or recovering very quickly from a groin injury, and Tariq Cohen running north-south for the first time in his career. Uh, I... I pretty impressed I think if you're looking for positives to take away from this game save for the result and again I think we should have that little thought exercise a bit down the line of what would this feel like if uh <laughs> if DeAndre Swift catches that pass in the end zone is uh the Bears running game was working and there is a downside to discuss on the other side of that but right now I think look the Bears ran for Bears running backs went 20 for 105 uh, that's a 4.9 average for Montgomery and a 5.9 for Tariq Cohen. Cordero Patterson had a couple nice little runs. It's a nice changeup back. He's such a big dude. I wish there was a way to get him the ball more often. Uh, and, you know, the Bears' tight ends, well, they weren't featured in the passing game until way late. Uh, you have to think that given the formations and personnel and the overall success of the run game that, uh, you know, that difference was made. So, yeah, going forward, you have to feel good about the fact that the Bears can run the ball for once. Because if you listen to this bitch fest last year, I would say that, uh, you know, 15 out of 16 games, I was probably going on and on about, well, Mitch is terrible. What chance does he have when you can't run for one yard? And I have to say, opening drive of the, of the, uh, of the season, two great runs right off the bat, got third and less than a yard. And they call him Mitch. <laughs> A Mitch QB sneak, which feels like you can get a yard anytime. Mitch misses the hole, doesn't get it, and uh, Nagy angry punts to start the year. And that felt really apropos. So, uh, yeah, the Bears, I believe, and, you know, if you didn't come to this uh, podcast for the stats, but I believe started the game 0 for 7 on third down. Is that true? Maybe 0 for 8? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 0 for 7 for sure. And I have to tell you guys, it's just – it is the definition of insanity – uh, you know, going into these years and going, Mitch's footwork is better. Mitch's command of the offense is better. M Mitch's rhythm is better. Those things may in fact be true, 
Uh, I, and you could see it early on. Like he wanted, he wanted to have cool, calm, steady feet. You know, set and throw. Really, kind of like gunning it around. I, I'd say that's the most velocity I've seen him put on his throws ever. But it's the inconsistency. And on third down, you know, if you can't complete a pass, and then the fourth down throw to Ted Ginn Jr. That's like wide open and just missed it is a Shane Matthews throw for any of you who are old enough or care enough about this dumb team to know what a Shane Matthews throw looks like. Uh, you just kind of felt like this is just the same thing over and over and over again, you know, better or not in practice, better command of the offense, better knowledge of what he's doing. If he can't complete the throws that are out there, it's just not going to work. And I was pretty ready to run with that until two minute Mitch showed up at the end of the game. Uh, you know, you look at the stat line and you go 20 of 36, 242, three touchdowns. You go, Hey, Hey, that is a new Mitch. What you don't see in there is that he threw for a buck 10 in the first half and had an absolutely atrocious, both in decision-making and execution, uh, strip sack in the late fourth, in the fourth quarter, late third quarter. That's how it's going to be on this. Either way, he, you know, Mitch, the, the protection starts to break down. This clock goes off. Fine with all that. But he didn't find a guy. I don't have the all-22s here. We don't actually know if there was somebody open or not. But he breaks to his right, and there is room to roll. Room to roll, and who knows what's going on in the scramble drill down the field. It's totally possible. Mitch turns back into it Russell Wilson style, except when Russ does it, he sets a guy up outside and leaves himself all the room in the world to cut back. Mitch peels back into double <laughs> two free defenders and strip sacks behind him, which luckily was recovered by a Bears uh, offensive lineman. Either way, it was the end of the drive. And it was just kind of the, you know, what I figured was the nail in the coffin for the day. I, opinion set, anger ready, uh, just general frustration. And it's a week in. I mean, good Lord, what this podcast could have and would have been. I'm, I'm already doing it anyways. They won it anyways. So there you go. had a break your business didn't I'm, i just i love saying all the capitalized things really loud so that's going to be the nature of my read here you go you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever indeed is here to help indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you to the best people fast unlike other sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over three businesses right now indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast try indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire this is their best offer anywhere terms and conditions apply offer valid through september 30th so when we look back at the week one victory and we think of uh, ways to describe it, I would say this was the no, 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 yes, 
J.R. Smith three-pointer of games because nothing about it looked good. It seemed ill-conceived for a long time. It seemed rather hopeless. And then the shot went in, and <laughs> we have to uh, sort of celebrate that while uh, pulling our hair out about the process leading up to it. And that's really where we are. So uh, I kind of just want to highlight some plays from the game. There's a lot of inflection points and both good and bad. So let's just kind of go through them one by one. First of all, it's the end of the first half. The Bears have been able to run the ball, but the passing game is broken, largely because Mitch can't make the connection on those third downs and even a fourth down to Ted Ginn, as discussed. So Nagy, the defense makes a stop. Nagy calls a timeout to preserve time on the clock for the Bears offense. Now, they're going to be pushed back near their own end zone. And I I completely understand that, look, you're a head coach. You want to portray confidence to your team that you believe they can still move the the football. You want to portray that outwardly so you don't look like an idiot. You have three timeouts and a minute left, and you let it go to the half. These are all ego things, and this has been the bugaboo for Nagy is sometimes what he wants isn't what he has, and uh, he makes the same decision anyways. So the Bears get the ball at their own 10-yard line, backed up in the shadow of the goalposts with two timeouts left, and Mitch, you get a a three-yard catch to Tariq Cohen going out of bounds, and then two incomplete passes, and it is time to punt the ball. And 17 seconds have come off the clock. The Lions collect the ball around midfield. They march the ball down against a tired Bears defense, get a rushing touchdown, and it's 13-6 to going into the half. That was a killer 13-6. to The Bears played better than the Lions for most of that half football, save for that last drive. And it just feels like, man, a winning team would have scored touchdowns here, would have started to take control of the game, they certainly, at, and at worst, you know, given that the struggles would go into the halftime tunnel, tied six to six, ready to make your adjustments. Nope, thirteen to six, and it was so demoralizing that the Bears come out of the halftime tunnel, go in for the third quarter, and immediately give up another touchdown drive to the Lions, who've gathered their confidence. So, such a huge swing in momentum there, and I really put that at the feet of Nagy for bad decision-making given just what you wanted to have happen versus what you were seeing on the field. So there's that, right? Then you go into the third quarter, and it just feels like (sighs) the the defense is tired. uh, They're getting no real push. They seem slightly demoralized, and Mitch, <laughs> on a third down, breaks contain because he because internal clock goes off. I think that was a good decision there. It doesn't seize anybody down the field. He wheels to his right. There's room to roll out and see if he can find something. He turns back against himself, Russell Wilson style, except when Russ does it, He does it on the left side of the line, dekes a defender inside, and then wheels out to his left where he can roll out left free and clear and find a guy down the field. Mitch rolls into coverage where two defenders are waiting for him unblocked, is strip sacked, and gives the ball up. The Bears collect it near midfield, but the drive is effectively over, and I can't describe to you the bad decision-making that happened along the way. So, uh that's a killer. 
running back to the first quarter, just when the Bears are trying to establish what they're going to be able to do in the passing game. It's fourth down. The Bears are in that kind of 52-yard field goal, could punt it, uh, or could go for it. And so Nagy goes for it on a fourth and seven. Ted Ginn Jr. squares in, beautiful route, wide open, and yeah, like I said before, Mitch totally misses it. So there you have your first inflection point of, oh no, Mitch might not be able to do this today. What are we going to do about that? And then there is the the fourth quarter switch. And it's hard to put a, a, a real finger on like the moment it all changed. It felt like there was a very slow letting off of the gas by the Detroit Lions. And to be very clear, a... Uh, loss of personnel by the Lions, where they lost Trufant uh, as a cornerback. They'd already lost uh, their draft pick, Akuda. So both of their starting corners are out. They lost their starting safety as well. And then it just felt like, how did the Bears not have a plan to attack this? How are we not able to get guys open when you have backups at, in, in week one with no preseason running at the starting corner and at the safety position? Nevertheless, you get a uh, a Jimmy Graham garbage time touchdown. That gives you a little bit of mo. And then you get the ball back really quickly from the Lions. Thank them for that. Uh, just the Bears finally finding a little bit of a, a stout nature to make a stop. Immediately you get the ball back. The, uh, <laughs> the Bears are moving the ball, and they get a, a red zone touchdown that feels like legitimate, not just a garbage timey kind of, hey, why not one but uh, a really nice second read off of Allen Robinson onto Javon Wims, beautiful dime throw. And then you go, you know what? It's two-minute Mitch time. And you felt it. Like, you felt that he was a different guy all of a sudden, uh, which is crazy, which is crazy. It's crazy that he's that switch flippy. You can't count on it. And I, I think me personally, I'm going to fucking trash Mitch again. Me personally, I would rather have a guy with a lower ceiling and a higher floor. Because there's enough skill talent on the Bears offense to think you can put something together without the quarterback being a dynamic game breaker play to play. That's just kind of where I've landed on it. I get that Mitch probably played better in their practices in preseason, but if he can't complete those critical plays, then it doesn't matter that he throws the ball harder or that he has more wow plays. It, it, I, the wow plays are great, and they were critically needed given the hole that he had helped. Uh, the team dig but like how about getting out in front how about managing forward and com converting third downs and giving the defense some time to like you know rush the pat rush the passer that's really how the bears are formulated that's what they're made up to do and so it's amazing that the bears are one and oh it's incredible in so many ways but i think going forward it's just a question of is mitch going to be able to make the throws that are there not find ones that are amazing and down the field and 21 points in the fourth quarter. But look, it, it can't be a comeback every week. It has to be the sort of thing where they play good, solid, consistent football, protect the football, run the ball effectively, score in the red zone, involve the tight ends, keep the defense guessing, and let the defense eat because that's really where this is going to be. To be clear today, no Robert Quinn rushing from the other side. Akeem Hicks looking limited. Uh, Khalil Mack being schemed out and also looking not his strongest self. There's, you know, he's questionable all week, limited participant. Sounds like he has a knee. But uh, the Bears pass rush was totally non-existent until 
the last Lions drive for the first few plays. And then once the Lions converted a little bit, the Bears were out of gas. And my God. So they allow a, like a 25-yard throw on on the last play. In fact, let's pull it up. Let's 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 really see what the numbers are on the play-by-play on the Lions' last drive. Because I look, I don't know how you guys felt, but given that the the Bears' defense is really what you have to hang your hat on, I didn't feel very good going into that last drive. I I Matt Stafford can really sling the ball, and if he's supported by his team, I think you're in a lot of trouble. So, you know, let's see here. Uh, All right, Detroit gets the ball. There's a minute 54 left, and I have to be honest with you. You know, I just gave Stafford a lot of credit. Let me take some away. Too much. Too much credit. Not You don't deserve all that, Stafford. A minute 54 left, and the clock is running. They are taking their time moving down the field. Really short little dump-off throws. Nothing dynamic whatsoever, so... A quick Stafford scramble, and there's, you know, really good pressure on him. Mingo gets him. Uh, by the way, Barkevius Mingo, really quiet, good, vet minimum signing. That's really good depth at outside linebacker that hasn't existed. I'm super glad he's there. And then uh, Stafford gets a little short pass for like 11 yards, but stopped in bounds. Time is just burning off the clock. Burning off the clock. A minute 54 when they snap that second down. A minute 08 when they snap out on first down going forward. Stafford scrambles, gets like seven yards. Uh, then they call their second timeout. Then second and three, a minute 01 left. Stafford incomplete. Third and three. <sighs> Stafford completes it to Amendola. By the way, Amendola was just eating the Bears' lunch all day long. There's a third and 17 he converts in the first half that's just a killer. Uh, the Bears' ability to cover inside uh their inside linebackers in coverage was a problem today and definitely one to look at going forward so you get a Danny Danny Amendola completion get a first down 40 seconds left Stafford passes it short three yards that's perfect that's exactly what they want Uh, the Bears want them to do then at 34 seconds there's the final timeout and then it gets fun so second and seven Stafford incomplete uh and then third and seven, 28 seconds left. Stafford throws one to Amendola, 32 damned yards. That cannot happen. It absolutely cannot happen. And it's predicated, first of all, on a lack of pressure by the the front seven. Uh, just way too much time sitting back there. And the Bears, you know, secondary coverage, you, you can find some space given enough time. Stafford spikes it with 28 seconds left. And then there's the play, guys. There is the play. Uh, You can see it right off the bat that there's not enough pressure, especially inside push. Stafford's got a good look. He's reading the field. He sees an open running back in space. It is the rookie, DeAndre Swift from Georgia. He's wide open. The ball's right in his hands. He turns up the field. I collapse to my knees in my home because that is the game-winning touchdown and the Bears are going to get ultimately what they deserve from the performance. And the kid butterfingers it, drops it on the ground. I mean, you couldn't ask for a more Lionsy favor if you tried. Thank you. God bless you, Detroit Lions, for making me feel like my team is a winning football team. Stafford misses on his third down throw. 
incomplete, broken up by the rook, Jalen Johnson, who, um, you know, he got touched up a little bit today as a rookie might. But it's really cool to see 33 out there on the field again. I, I know that I should probably say I don't like them giving out Peanut's number, and I don't. But uh, he, he's kind of got that tall, lanky size, right? This is really my first time getting to see what he looks like on a football field. And he's got that peanutty, tall, lanky, physical look. Uh, maybe not as physical as Peanut just yet because Marvin Jones <laughs> trucked him in the first half. That was definitely a welcome to the NFL moment. But Jalen Johnson gets the uh, final play of the game, knocks the ball away, and uh, gets the last laugh. And the Bears, you guys, the Bears are 1-0. That's unbelievable. So unbelievable. Let's take a quick uh, commercial break, and we'll come back for final thoughts and what's coming up. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back for final thoughts. Uh, I have to say, three up, three down. We'll do that that way this year, where there's, I, I gotta inject a little forced positivity into the way I look at the game because. It's really a lot easier to be like, hey, this wasn't working and this wasn't working and this wasn't working uh, than it is to look at the positive. And unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, it sure feels like there's a lot of stuff that you could be working on game in, game out. Uh, things to correct, as the coaches might say. So three up, uh, two-minute Mitch. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like if there's two minutes left and he can get out of his dumb brain for a second and stop thinking and looking like he's got lockjaw, uh, he plays great. I honestly think that he should be given two-minute stints, and it doesn't matter first down or series or anything else. Mitch, there's 13.33 left in the second quarter. You're going in. You're coming out at 11.33. Get done what you can get done. And then the rest of the time, you folds it up, you know, manage the game forward. Up, oh, two-minute offense. All right, Mitch, get in there. He's like a pseudo-closer or a change-up or something. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm joking, but am I joking? Is that, is that a terrible idea? Look, it's time to be innovative in this league. If we can aerate it up in uh, in Arizona, if we can have you know Lamar Jackson running triple option plays in Baltimore, why can't we have uh, starters and closers at quarterback? Why is that so wrong? You know, I, I don't appreciate all the prejudgment of why that's an idiot idea. So two minute Mitch. Uh, honestly, the running game, the new new look running game, Juan Castillo led. Running game, uh, you have to be pleased not just with the play selection, but also the execution. David Montgomery somehow miraculously being healthy. And there were holes there. There were, uh, you know, you don't need the game-breaking 15-yarders all the time, but it's the four- and five-yarders, and they were there to be had. What to say against a Lions front that was last in the NFL in defense last year? Uh, the Bears will be playing the Giants next week, as I will discuss in a second. So remains to be seen how the DVOA rankings take it, but look. Last year, the the Bears couldn't run a yard. You, you literally couldn't count on a yard. And so 
I, for one, am going to look at that as a huge development and hopefully something that continues going forward. And also credit to Nagy as I, you know, give him a bunch of shit. Let's give him credit for committing to the run and sticking with it, especially in the third quarter where it felt like, you know, this is all kind of going away and there really isn't going to be a, anything to do but let Mitch, you know, light it up. Uh, and let's see, last thing that was positive, uh, Cairo Santos going in there and hitting two field goals and three extra points and having it seem like no big deal. I really feel for Eddie Pinheiro. Um, it's not like he had a stranglehold on the job. Uh, this is kind of just the nature of field goal kicking in the, in the NFL, but I wouldn't be surprised if this continues that he's going to come off injured reserve in three weeks and, um, not have a job anymore. We'll see. It'll, it remains to be seen when uh, Santos has his first longer field goal, let's say 40-plus. But if he makes that and he's consistently making field goals, I wonder if uh, that wonderful three-month-long saga of a field goal competition was really just a bad reality show. And then it's the Cairo Santos show going forward here. So there's your three positives. Three negatives? Well, for one, the pass rush was anemic, and I think we can point to – uh, Robert Quinn not being a part of it, Akeem Hicks being limited, and Mac being limited. That's all part of it. Nevertheless, like the Lions don't have some sort of game-breaking, uh, you know, offensive line, and for a timeless Adrian Peterson to gash them on run defense, and for Matt Stafford to at various times to be able to complete whatever he wanted. I think at one point it was eight straight completed passes. Uh, not good enough from the Bears, especially given their struggles on offense. All these things are interrelated. The offense has the defense on the field nonstop. Week one, what's everybody's conditioning? Uh, what's the morale given that the offense can't move the ball at all? All those things kind of matter. Either way, like the Bears need to be able to have a pass rush. And uh, I can't wait for Robert Quinn to come back from the ankle injury that nobody knew he had until four days ago. That'll be really great. Um, let's see. What else not great since there's so such fun things to talk about? Uh, involving tight ends in the passing game. Now, it wasn't like they didn't try a couple times. And, and again, the run game probably succeeded due to uh, a series of, of run blocks from Cole Komet, Demetrius Harris, and to a lesser extent, Jimmy Graham. But wasn't that part of this that we're going to have these new uh, scheme threats? Uh, Cole Komet looks the part. He's a big boy. You see him out in space. I sure would like to see some like mesh concepts with him and Tariq Cohen because it looks like he's going to be a player. Jimmy Graham doesn't get involved till late, late, late. There's two misconnections with him during the first half that Jimmy Graham is being a stand-up guy and taking credit or taking uh, blame for in his post-game comments. One was like a mistimed jump. The other one just felt like uh, you know a 50-50 ball that Jimmy Graham as a competitor is going to say he should have. But, yeah, it really felt like the Bears were missing opportunities there to find easier intermediate yardage with their tight ends. And that was what they were all signed for in the offseason. So that's a bummer. Uh, definitely one to work on going forward. And then the last down isn't even a Bears thing. The Lions suck. The Lions suck. And I laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. At all the prognosticators that are sitting out there looking at the Detroit Lions odds to win the division and looking at PFF saying, oh, I don't know, it's a toss up, I don't know. Dude, the Lions are going to lion. And until Matt Patricia and co. aren't the at the head of the game anymore, sorry, they're going to find a way to pull L's from the jaws of victory. 
you have to figure. And again, it's a weekend. Nobody even knows if this season's going to happen in its entirety. I really hope it does. I'd really like to think it does. And at this point, there's so much money on the table and people are so desperate for distraction that you have to think it's going to continue on. But the Lions are going to, are a 10 and 6 team in talent. Maybe. That's being a little nice. 9 and 7, 10 and 16. Sure. That between injuries, poor coaching, and just general funk are going to find their way to 6 and 10. And that's just the reality of it. The Bears are right there on that same bleeding edge, uh, fine line, fence, whatever you want to say. 8,000 analogies of the same thing, which is uh, they have the talent to be 10 and 6. They have a, a problem of inconsistency at quarterback that's going to subtract a couple wins. They have uh, the questions of depth at various positions. One, the nature of their pass rush and what that's going to mean. Two, uh, you know, I wouldn't say there's like a question of depth when it comes to the offense. I think it's just a question of consistency and getting guys involved. Like you guys saw what I did. Uh, there's just no rhythm, and uh, when when you can't get string longer drives together where everybody's getting involved, it feels like nothing's ever going to work and there's not enough talent. I will say, uh, rookie sighting Darnell Mooney, that kid's got some juice, man. Uh, not just vertical, but a little bit of comeback stuff and uh, shook a defender after the catch. I like that guy. I like that guy a lot. I hope there comes a day when there's like a nine-play drive that he's got one or two big plays on. So there's definitely a, a lot there to say, you know what, as bad as today was, and if the Bears had lost and DeAndre Swift catches that ball, the scathing week of bullshit that would be thrown at the Bears and written about locally, and probably will be anyway. I mean, the general tenor of this podcast is, oh my God, how do we win? We really suck, but we didn't. Now we have a win, but wow, that really sucked. Uh, I have to complain about it. So uh, until there's like a resounding, powerful, all three phases, uh, not exceptional performances, but like good, consistent performances in all three phases, I'm going to still feel like this is kind of the same Bears team. Uh, lots of talent, lots of opportunity, lots of hope. But until consistency shows up in their play, it's going to be the same old, same old. So I hope I'm wrong. And I, I hope next week is is another step in the right direction. That'll be against the New York Giants. I, I, is it at home? You could call it home. Uh, let's say home. Uh, yeah. So home opener uh, in Chicago at Soldier Field. As I understand it at this point, the Bears are still not going to allow any fans in the stadium. I'm really thankful for that. Thank you for the smarter uh, and more um, – calm and patient minds in the city of Chicago and state of Illinois who are going to make sure that's the case. There is no point uh, in having people in the stadium, despite the fact that it would feel good. So home opener next week, there'll be just an air raid siren going off the whole time. I'm sure. That'll be a great watch and fake fans like they did on Fox today, where I literally had three or four different times where I'm like, Hey, you got a, you got a stadium full of people. What are they doing? What are they doing? That's not, that's not safe. I don't see any masks only to realize they were virtual fans and uh, I felt dumb and judgmental. So that's the state of affairs in 2020. I don't know how you guys are doing on your end, but I hope it's well, uh, just as I hope the Bears find a way in week two against the Giants, against Danny Dimes, against Saquon Barkley. 
Let's hope Robert Quinn is back. We'll be watching that going into next week. And who knows? Uh, maybe I'll start to get out there and get guests again. I'm sorry, uh, again, that it's just me. But, um, you know, uh, been a couple hiccups this year. And uh, I'm just happy that I'm here able to shout into a microphone to all 37 of you. I'm also going to start a Twitter account that I will only check. I hate Twitter. It's the worst. The discourse online is poison. I think it's going to ruin us all. But uh, if you'd like to send any feedback, please send your feedback. Tweet how terrible I am to Chai Shuffle Pod. That's C H I Shuffle Pod because. God knows somebody's taking Chicago Shuffle, and God knows it's too many characters to have Chicago Shuffle Pod. So Shy Shuffle Pod on Twitter. I am going to set that up right now. It will be me answering it. All I'm going to do is set up notifications for that. Will I tweet from there? I don't know. Maybe. Strong maybe, just like uh, the Bears. Am I going to two-minute Mitch it on you, or am I going to three-and-a-half-quarter Mitch it on you? I don't know. You'll have to sign up to find out. But if you want to uh, shout anything at me, any questions, anything you think should be discussed, anything you think uh, was missed, then throw it at Chicago Shuffle Pod on Twitter, and I'll hit you back as soon as I can. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you this week. Go Bears 1-0. Top of the division, baby. Knew it all along. Never a doubt. We'll see you guys later. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.